Welcome, podcasters. You are listening to another episode of Tell Me Why, a resource for athletes, coaches, and parents in sport. Co-hosted by Dr. Jenny Christerna and U.S. Speed Skating Hall of Fame inductee Patrick Wentland. This podcast is developed as a resource for athletes, parents, coaches, and referees looking to improve player development and performance. Conversations and opinions expressed on the show are not intended as medical or clinical advice. Welcome back, podcasters, to another episode of Tell Me Why. Today, along with Dr. Jenny Christerna and myself, we have a special guest joining us, Dr. Pedro Trejo. He is the referee development manager for USA Soccer and also a parent, a coach, an athlete. We are privileged to have him alongside us today to discuss sports, see where that takes us. Uh, thank you for joining us, Pedro. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Jeannie. It's a pleasure to be here. It's an honor. Thank you for the time, the invitation. I'm excited to be here. We're Great. excited to have you. I, I can't wait to hear the the gems of knowledge that you're going to drop for everybody, especially our listeners. So, Yeah, well, so... Uh, we talked about just diving right in a little bit and really going through, we're letting Dr. Pedro take us along one of his favorite topics today. What would you like to talk about? Yeah, so today I want to talk about sports and how important sports are for us as individuals and how a journey through a sport it connects us, unites us, helps us grow within the sport, but also outside of that. Great. And I would like to start with a story. It's, it takes place at the university. And at that point, I'm already working for the university. And I have been refereeing soccer for some years. And this idea comes to mind about a student organization that I could be the, the mentor for so that students interested in officiating not only soccer, but any other sport can join, learn about the sport, learn about officiating, and then take that as far as they would like to. And so I remember that first week of school where all the clubs set up. Uh, along the hall or along the path uh, at the university to recruit new members. And so I'm there with some magazines, with some uniforms, with a signing sheet. 40 people sign up. And I send an email for the first meeting. Only one shows up. Yeah. And she became, <laughs> she became our first president of the student organization. The name turned out to be Sports Officials Student Organization, S-O-S-O, so-so. And it turned out that because of this first president, she recruited more people, people who played intramurals within the university. And it so happened that after a semester, there was 10 people in the club. 
after the year there was 20 and it, it's just snowballed from there it was really interesting to see one of those individuals turned out to be a professional referee who this year last year was in both the world cups with the men's and women's so it was so exciting and so proud of this individual but that club that that thought that part of the journey influenced all of those students including myself and of course the sports that they participated on and so i just think it's amazing that the things we do the people we meet you know how impactful how you know a positive experience it can be for us all that that are involved in this journey so yeah yeah i think Jenny and I've discussed this quite often, and most athletes don't realize as they're going through their sport, especially in their younger years, you and I were talking earlier, it's all I remember is about, oh, I, I need to win. I want to win, win, win. And that, that was that was all that was important. It's like, all right, just just winning. And you're not thinking about, man, I got to travel the world. I got to meet people. I have friends from all over the world. I've done this, I've done that. And the challenges, and, and Jenny and I have talked about just being able to push yourself and, and carry the, the skills of, of setting goals, achieving goals, maintaining a focus is just skills you'll use through your lifetime. And it's, it's so, so important. And that's one of the biggest things about sports. Absolutely. Absolutely. I remember, again, going back to that same club, the first couple of semesters, I was given the instructions and the training and so on. But then I, I realized that it would be beneficial for some of the people who had been there for a semester or two to they themselves, you know, start training and teaching the newer people. So I think it's also important that that we get others involved in, in, in the coaching and in the training, peer learning, because I think that's also an effective component of, you know, development. And it, it was just amazing to see that that it became self-sustaining. And whenever there was questions or, or, or doubts or, or, you know, advice, yes, they would come to me and, and I would do the best to, I could to help. But but it was really really uh, I was really impressed and uh, that they they would be able to do that on their own and it so happened that we had seventy percent or more women compared to men and at the time I was also assigning soccer games and so to this day to my knowledge this is a community in Texas predominantly Hispanic and so. Soccer, sports, typically men versus women. And so we we set out to have all female referees officiating the girls' games. So I believe we made history. Don't quote me on that. But it was exciting that we had so many of them interested and very capable, very knowledgeable, and, you know, took it very serious. And people were doubting and people were commenting that oh what, what's happening what we're doing hey we're an opportunity for those that are invested the time and demonstrated some some competencies and we'll see how it goes just like men were given opportunities so and sure enough 
they go out there and do high school games, varsity, JV. I would from a from a distance, I could see you know the the, the coaches, men or women, have a little bit of a oh what, what's happening? This is different. <laughs> and then, but then from observation of their performance, no different or even better in many cases. So so was very very proud of being part of that, and I believe at least two or three ha- could have continued and gone far in officiating. I don't know I don't know who they followed or, or or what they why they chose to do what they did, but they went and got master's degree. They started family. They started work. Of course, their mentor had a master's degree at that point, so I don't know where if that's related or not. But that was a very good choice too. But I feel personally that they could have gone far if they chose to. But I'm very proud of all of them, where they're at and and their choices. Beautiful people, wonderful human beings, and uh, you know, contributing to our society in a positive way. So, one of the things, Pedro, that you said that stuck out with me because you and I have worked together, and you said use the word sustainable. And what I really love about you is you truly are a mentor. You want people, you want to teach them and you want them to teach others, which is how we learn, right? Through teaching. And I'm wondering for you, if we look at, regardless if you're an athlete, if you're a ref, you're a coach or a parent, how, how can we, can you speak more about how to how to make learning more sustainable where they can grow from it and just really take it in because one of the things you do very well is to teach people how to apply stuff to the rest of their life and just kind of think about it in a very foundational way what what are some of the things that you would you would suggest for for the listeners yes that's a very good question and we have to start from a point where each of us learns a different way, auditory, visual, active, and, and so on. And in addition, I think our confidence, how confident we feel with the new material, with officiating soccer or playing the sport, et cetera, that, that also plays a role. And so if we go too fast, too quick, maybe that's too overwhelming for someone. Or we go too slow and it's not interesting enough for someone else. So I think finding a balance, listening to who you're, who you have in front of you, to see where they're at, find out a little bit more about uh, how they feel, where they're at, and then create in your mind first a, a path that can help them with some basic information, so you can modulate the content, how much you're going to be bringing in to the picture to discuss, to practice, to uh, illustrate, to demonstrate. And so I think that is important. Uh, once once you get started, in many cases, I find that even someone who's already a little bit more knowledgeable, rather than you do all the speaking, bring them in, right? Mm-hmm. If you bring someone in that can complement your demonstration or your discussion, who's already a little bit ahead of others, that's going to keep them engaged. Uh, and, and they'll be teaching without them realizing that they're teaching or participated in an education opportunity that can help others learn. And so I think being a part of that, facilitating that, it just brings me joy, is one of the parts that I enjoy the most. And and I think that's one approach that we can take, regardless if it's soccer, 
uh, as any other sport or other in another subject that that we're interested in. What What do you? And I just want to piggyback off of that because I had like a whole bunch of like questions pop off from that, and yep. I think one of my genuine curiosities is how does that apply to sport? You know, when you have a young athlete or a young referee, and I know we we talk a lot about refereeing, but just in general, what if what if they don't have a lot of resources? They really want to say they don't have a Pedro. What what can they do for themselves if if they're trying and, and they really want to develop? How can they start to think about learning? What what are some of the things they can do for themselves? Yeah, so I think one of the things that comes to mind is being able to access information on their own based on someone advising them, here's here's good information for you to start with, for example. Because we do have to be careful, right? Uh, there's so much information out there, and we want to make sure that they they find resources that are from a good source and that have just the information that they need for that for wherever they're at. I think that's one aspect uh, of being able to seek out information on their own. Uh, also, working with others near near home that that they know are doing what they would like to do, going to watch someone perform a sport or, or practice a sport. I remember it, it, going back to that story briefly, the the student organization, some of those people that joined were, were really not sure if they wanted to be a soccer referee. So we went out on a field trip, sort of, and we went to watch a game. And from there, the task was, okay, watch what the referee does, watch what the assistant referee does, and see if you can see yourself doing that. And if you have questions, ask, okay, how, how come they did that? What is this about? And so on and so forth. So that's, that's one place, the, the different stages of comfort, different stages of knowledge where the individual can, can take little by little, step by step, at their own pace, so that they can feel more comfortable. So that's that's what I would say would be a good start. But yes, you're right. People may not have someone there to to help them, or uh, every week uh, or every month or so. So again, they have to rely a little bit more on themselves, on people they know from a distance. But nowadays, it's time emails and text and all of that. But within reason, right? Because everybody's busy. Everybody has school, work, family to balance, to find harmony with. And so you also have to modulate and, and be careful, be mindful of others, other people's times. Uh, but I think that's a good start. Excellent. Yeah, one thing I really got from what you mentioned was you, you your story, you, you really enabled these students, these athletes to develop something on their own. and, and and I, I really think uh, what I liked about it is you've given athletes an opportunity to do something else, uh, and not just athletes, it's just people who love the sport. You're, you're giving them, so like you said, you developed the, maybe one of the first times where women were refereeing their all-women games. And, and it's just not just like 
here's a role, here's how you have to do it. You're actually saying, okay, here's a role, see what you want to do with it, see what we can create out of this. And, and to me, that's what, what I see. And, and there's so many times I've seen athletes come out of retirement, not come out of retirement, once they retire, there's other doors that open. It's not just the, the competitions part. If you grow up loving the sport, you can do something else with it. You can become a referee. You can become a coach. You can become an administrator. You can help change the way the sport is done and the way it's run, the way techniques are, are, are changing. You, there's always something you can you can do to make an improvement. And you're just giving these people these the ability to do that, to make it change and make it grow. And to me, that I'm passionate about that. That I think there's so many directions to go there. I, I love that. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and again, I keep thinking back of this group, you know, about 10 or 15 years ago. But the, yeah, it was a wide range of, you know, knowledge, experience, and, and some of them love for the sport. It turned out that most of them were into soccer. We did have a few were interested in volleyball. And there was a, a point in which there was a clinic, a volleyball clinic, and three of them did go and then they share with the rest of us what they what they learn. But but it was primarily soccer, the rest of the the rest of the group. And some of them had only watched referee uh, excuse me, some of them had only watched a game of soccer on TV and because their family were watching it and, and they liked it every four years they liked it right the the, the main event of the yeah. fifa world cups but but that's as much of experience that they had with the sport and and i remember working with this individual in a in a high school game or middle school game and there was a situation in which the ball is kicked to the goal it hits the crossbar and it goes down in goal and then out, but like in a blink of a of the eye, right? And she's in a very good position to see that the ball has completely crossed the line, but then it bounced back out. And she was the only one that could see in that moment. But she knew what to do. She raised the flag, I blow the whistle, and then she runs up indicating that there was a goal. Uh, she was on the parent side, so the parents were unhappy, part of them. It didn't go over overboard, but she could hear them say, oh, this referee doesn't know, or this and that and the other, which was the contrary. She knew, and, and she felt so proud, and she was sharing that story right after the game, and I was, I was happy, you know, I was super happy for her. And then a few years uh, later, she's like, okay, I'm done. I did officiating and I got to move on and I got to focus on my school, focus on whatever else that, that she wanted to, to follow. Mm -hmm. And at first I was taken aback, but then I realized that's okay. As you mentioned, right? That everyone has a time and a place and, 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 and this journey. But I think overall, she had a good experience. Many of the other people had a good experience in that group. And again, one of them even ends up in a World Cup, men and women. And so, yeah, fascinating. And and so as coaches, we also have to know when we have to let go because someone else is ready for someone else 
or to continue their journey in the sport coaching or because they're taking a different uh, path in, in their lives and it's okay. We have to be ready to embrace that and support them. If they want to follow master's degree versus referee license, yes, master's degree, of course, go, go, go for it. <laughs> or a so, doctor degree like you, Dr. Pedro. So. <laughs> that is right. That is right. Yes. Yeah, and you never know how that will come around later. You don't know what, well, they may come back to it in another role at some point in time. You just don't know. And it may be even better for them, for the sport. Absolutely. And then it, it, may, it may simply make them a better parent when their children are playing. I mean, I, certainly when I coach, I coach my nephew's team. My brother really pushed me into coaching his son's team, my nephew's team. But I, I said yes, and I accepted. And then the, the three of us, you know, my, my two other brothers and myself ended up coaching the team part-time. And so we had three seasons that we coach. And the first season, our record was 0-9. So it couldn't get any worse. Wow. <laughs> that was but a record in and of itself, I want to say. What was really interesting, though, that year was that everybody in that league, it was like six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, and started off with 10 or 12 players. And then towards the end, they only had the six or seven. Most teams had six or seven left because those were apparently the ones that were played the most time because the coaches thought, okay, no, this is how we're going to win. Whereas we ended up with two additional players who wanted to join. So we ended up with 12 or 14. We ended up with 12 or 14 because our philosophy was let's teach them to play. Let's have them have fun and let's rotate everybody. Yeah. And so we didn't care if we win or lose. They didn't care. The kids didn't care right. if they won or lose. But they were having a, a, a blast, a fun time. Even in practice, when my other brother, my brother, one of them, would focus on physical training, I'm like they're seven years old, <laughs> <laughs> but there he had them running, and they were exhausted, and but it, but they were still having fun because they again the sense of community. I remember it well. We had a girl, and she was really good, and I thought, okay, we're gonna lose her to a better team next year. No, she told her parents. I want to stay in this team because, again, that connection, that, that, that having fun, them learning together. So, so yeah, that, that, that's another aspect of this that we're depending on where we think this group needs to be and what we can offer them and how we can we facilitate for them this journey. I think, you know, it makes a very good experience. And then in the future, as you mentioned, Pat, this individual can be a better parent, can be a better coach, can be a better administrator because of that experience or that knowledge. There was an incident in that during those years of coaching where I had to refrain my brother because there was an, an error by a referee. Mm -hmm. And I had been a referee already. And so I told him, no, stop, don't yell. Yes, it's a mistake. I know, but get here and be quiet. You know, I told my brother. 
And and sure enough, I, I even knew the referee. He he he's the parent of one of our former national referees who's already retired. But he was making a simple mistake where a pass back in soccer, if you pass the ball back to the goalkeeper, the goalkeeper can only play with their feet or their body, not their hands, even though they're able to play their hands normally. But because it comes from a teammate, they cannot use their hands. So yeah. our goalkeeper used his hands. And, and, and the referee called it. It should, be, it should have been an indirect free kick, but he called the penalty kick. Mm-hmm. So it's a mistake. And, and I know that the, the referee doesn't have a lot of experience. And I know him and, and so on and so forth. So I don't think there's any malice or anything like that. I forget what the score was. We were pro- it was probably not good for us either. <laughs> but, but I did try it. And I say, try to call the attention and say, it is an indirect free kick. It's not a PK. And so it, it ended up being a PK. And at the end of the game, I explained to him respectfully, calmly. And I don't think he was as convinced yet. But eventually, a week week or two later, like, yes, I made a mistake. Sorry, this and that and the other. But the point being that knowing about refereeing, being a referee can help with these situations to make them better than what they could be mm-hmm. and, and, and beneficial for all, I think. Now you, you said something. I, for one, I didn't know you were a coach. I think I heard you mention it, but I don't know. My, I might have been eating like some chips or something during our meeting and they might have been delicious. So, but, so you're a referee, you're a coach, an uncle to a player and a mentor and and you head up referee development and and I'm just wondering could you speak to that a little bit more I love the story of your first season and then the second season right with your nephew where they wanted to stay they wanted to stay and they had fun and they were connected and they wanted to play even though they didn't have the best record. And here are these other teams that are just focused on winning. They're losing half their team because they don't get playing time. Can you speak to that? Because a lot of our parents, and you know this, especially as they get older, they want to be on the winning team. And you know, can you talk about what's really important? Because you, you've been around, I'm not saying you're old. I'm just saying. <laughs> you <laughs> you got to watch out. Jim puts these digs in there. <laughs> That did not come out the way. <laughs> it was like, I'll see you Thursday. No, we, but, <laughs> but, but it's, it's, you, you've been around long enough to see these cycles and to see how these movies tend to end. Not every movie ends the same, but can you just speak a little bit more, Pedro, to what really matters and, and how when, when parents start their kids at six, seven, nine years old, and think they're going to go to the World Cup. Can you really speak to what that cycle looks like? What's really important for them to develop, not just as an athlete, but as a world citizen, and and just kind of how you see them grow? Can you speak to that a little bit? Sure. And again, I will draw upon that that experience. And I think early on, as people start their journey, I think is is more about you know learning how to how to play, right? The basics, how to, how to enjoy themselves doing this, practicing this game, more so than the winning record or the trophy 
and all of that. And, and again, it goes back to, I remember in, in that team, there was different levels of, of knowledge, of comfort and so on with the ball, with kicking it, with running, you know, because they're still developing motor skills and all of that at, at that young age. And th- different sizes, some of them uh, grow a little quicker than others, you know, they have their growth spurs. So when when the common denominator is let's all learn to have and, and have fun learning together, I think that's a recipe for them wanting to stay, them wanting to learn. And I remember even the parents, I forget if it was one of my brothers or maybe the parents themselves, for every game, they, they volunteered to bring snacks and for after the after the game and so we didn't have to ask for it they themselves were contributing so i think it it it, it starts with with the players in mind but then it can grow outside and the parents can get involved and the parents also on the sidelines they will not be criticizing but rather cheering and being supportive of their children i think that also helped them at that young age you know because cause we, we did have examples of other parents that were not as supportive and they were more criticizing the referees, etc. But that made some of the players feel uncomfortable and some of the other parents feel uncomfortable. So again, I think having this, this philosophy of early on, we're learning the basics, we're learning to get better, we're learning how to play versus winning mentality, which again, ha- has this place and so on in different environments but but i think it's it's as a foundation is very important to learn the skill and enjoy learning the skill okay i i i'm sitting here and i'm just like and i have a million questions and i don't want to drown out pat i'm gonna see if you had a a question or a thought you wanted to share because I could ask a gazillion questions all day. I'll throw one out there, sure. So really one thing that just hit me and you talked about building that foundation and and I'm a, a big believer in that too. And a big part of that too that I think most parents and most athletes are young, they don't see is the ones that develop that ability to enjoy the sport, enjoy what they're doing are the ones that actually go further and last longer. And the ones that where the parents are push, 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 go to practice, force them to do this, force them to practice off hours and and extra, 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 and, and a lot of just pushing, it takes the fun out of it for the athlete, for the, the child, and they don't enjoy it as much anymore. And then they want to find something else and do something else, even though they may be really good at it. And, and the parent sees them going to a World Cup sometime. And it's, it's so important for that athlete to find, like you mentioned, a team environment where they're learning, they're building that foundation, they have a friend group and a, a coach that relates to them and is not just constantly forcing or maybe yelling at them, you mess this up, you're screwing this up, you're not doing it right, but instead teaching them and and helping them with that growing and learning process, especially in the development years, those athletes, in my experience, go a lot further and perform a lot better because 
they develop that passion and that joy for the sport and like it instead of being pushed out of it. And I, I, I'm a big proponent of that. And I, I love hearing about that. Absolutely. So, so Pedro, I just want to make sure I'm clear. So what you're saying is when kids start off in a sport, whether specifically soccer or any other sport that if they start off having fun and they're learning the basics and they're, and they're, they're learning it in a very solid and, and enjoyable way with the parents being supportive, there's the ones that are more likely to continue on so long as the environment is conducive to learning. It's the learning and application piece. Did I get that? Absolutely. That's, that's spot on. And when people, parents or coaches pull away from that, that can take the fun out of the game. Yes. Yes, most certainly. And as, as, as the player gets the, gets the basics, enjoys themselves, then they will be seeking more opportunities to develop and progress and be more competitive and, and so on. But I think that foundation is what you just said, that that's going to keep people longer and because they're enjoying it and now their confidence level their knowledge level is such that you know they want to keep going they want to they want to improve and get better can i ask a, a question i'm not sure if if this is a question you want to answer or not but i'm just curious pedro if if you have thoughts about how to, as a coach or a referee, and you're, you're a parent, you have two amazing, cute little kids, a little girl and a little boy. Um, what, what do you think is one of the best ways to help our ch- children deal with losing, dealing with defeat, dealing with, say, you have somebody else's parent kind of you know just kind of creating that environment whether you're a referee a young referee on the field like what can you as a what do you suggest to parents that they could do to help re-establish that sense of confidence and, and keep their their child built up as they go through the world especially in sports great question mm-hmm. yeah no that is a fantastic question i'll start again with that with that young group where our first season was all a nine. So, and they kept coming back. (laughs) I remember the speech at the end of the season to the parents started off. It cannot get any worse than this. (laughs) (laughs) Only get better from here. And so, but I think each of those individuals, each of those youngsters there uh, are 12 children temporary children, if you will, they, they, they wouldn't feel bad. Excuse me, they would feel bad because they knew they had lost the game right there and then. And so, but, but I'll go back to each of them processed it a little bit different. And so to, to put them all in, in the same sort of category, it, it's a bit, we got to be careful with that. And so some of them, you can see their body language and some of them were less affected by it, but nonetheless, they sense their teammates. And so I think being aware of that to begin with, it's a good start. And then, of course, speaking together, 
letting them share some thoughts so that they can it can help with the processing and in some cases some of the parents would would come in and and be around as well and so having that presence at, at of of the parent with the children there i think that's also gives a sense of security that it's okay that we're going to go through this together the snacks help right although <laughs> it is not necessarily a step that has to be there but we did have snacks right after every game regardless and some of the children were a lot more excited about the snacks than whatever happened in the game but but i think it's a starting point it's an opportunity for coaches parents to make it a learning experience and to say things like we 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 lost this game the other team won this is part of the sport this is part of what happens we cannot always win uh, but we can always do the best we can to to work as a team and get better as a team get better as an individual and it may sound like it's too much for children at this point but i think hearing little pieces here and there it's a it's a starting point for them as well so if they continue in the sport then they have a, a, some sense of what can happen winning losing and what some of the things that can be done when losing such as you know sharing with your teammates some of those feelings sharing with your parents some of those feelings sharing with your coach some of those feelings and and of course we we have to also incorporate or add a a a game plan for what's next so for our next practice we're going to focus on, pra- on passing for our next practice we're going to focus on defending etc so again there's the the piece about okay what's what are the next steps how are we going to try to get better and try to adjust so i think all of that even though it's a young team it's important to to take the opportunity of the loss in this case and then of course in case of a win celebrate that and 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 look back at it again and what helped us reach this this outcome and reinforce those behaviors so so i'm going to cuz you know me i like to reframe and make sure i get it so yeah. It sounds like what I hear you saying, Pedro, is that one, you did two two things. One is developing resiliency. Zero nine, we cannot get any worse than this, right? And here's the resiliency. We're 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 starting from the bottom. <laughs> we're gonna just go up higher. And so here that sense of persistence and resiliency, establishing that in children is really important. And we know research shows that. But I think the way that you did that, which is number two, is sitting down and debriefing. This is uh, part of the game. We're not going to win them all. Sometimes we won't win any. But what I heard you say in that, which I thought was quite brilliant, and you know my wheels get to turn in, is that you said, we're going to build on this. Just do your best each time you show up. And this is what I noticed. And this is what we're going to work on. And what you described sounded as if each game was an opportunity 
to test how practice had gone. Are they getting better as opposed to focusing on the win? Each game, it sounded like was the development moving towards the goal of winning. Did I get that or did I miss something? Yes. Yes, you did. Spot on. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I'm sitting here and I'm just like, you said that just very, like anybody could get that. Like it's, it's building. It's not just going from A to Z. You're, you, you describe building the building blocks of development, which I thought was quite fascinating. So I, I hope that, cause I know we have coaches and players and parents who listen. So I hope that they're listening because that makes a lot of sense. And it, it, you broke it down in such a way, which is what you do. You break things down in such a way where it's like this, 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 and that. And it's like, oh, well, anybody can do that if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. I took the floor enough. Do you have anything to say? I, I get excited about stuff like no, this. No, no, that's that's great. I, I, I'm such a big proponent on this stuff, and I'm excited because it's, we love talking. We've talked about this stuff a lot. It's, it's really developing the athlete. You're teaching them humility. You're teaching them to work harder. When they lose nine games in a row, those athletes are out there, okay, they're going to work harder at it. What can I do to get better? What can I do to get better? It, it seems that the athletes who are naturally gifted and just winning and winning and winning, they don't have that desire. They're not taught to work a little harder at something. They don't, they don't develop that skill. When you suffer defeat, you, you either accept it or you figure out how to make it better. And that's a great skill for these kids to learn. I, I just love that stuff. So, so. well, okay. But I want to ask, okay, I'm going to ask a couple more questions. I'm picking Pedro's brain. So Pedro, one of the things that is sticking out to me, and I'm just going to call privilege because I've seen, I've been in your sessions when we had referee development. And one of the things about learning that I, the act of learning that I think is important for coaches and players and parents and refs to take away is something that you do quite naturally. I don't know if you realize you even do it or if you've done it so much, it's just natural where you you basically engage people. What do you think? What do you think is the next thing? What do you what do you think about this thing? How do you think this works? How do you think it doesn't work? What are some challenges to that? And I don't really see a lot of coaches doing that. And even with referees, when they're trying to teach each other, they just tell each other what to do sometimes, as opposed to saying, hey, what did you think about this? And what, did, what are you thinking about? I, I was wondering, if we could do this instead, what do you think, right? Really pulling people into that process of performance. And I'm wondering if you have any just quick thoughts about that, how to, or just thoughts in general. Yes. So, so again, this is one of the aspects of teaching and learning that I'm fascinated with and I enjoy very much in which it is not just a lecture. And and by the way, lectures have their place and 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 they're very effective and, and you know if applied as appropriate and as intended. But I think more than the lecture for me, many times the conversation, the exchange, it's it's it tends to be more effective. And the, part of the reason why I want to listen to the audience is so that I know more about them, 
where are they at? What is their thought process? What steps did they take to make a decision or to prepare or to perform or even reflect after their performance? And so with that, then I can try to ask them for potential solutions or if we can find them together or recommend some steps that can help in, in their getting better at certain aspects of their performance, certain aspects of the preparation, certain aspects of their reflection. But without listening, without asking for their contribution, I think we're, we're maybe guessing what we think might benefit someone or a group of people. When we have that information of where they're at, how they arrive to a decision, how their, their, thought, pro- their thought process is, then I think we're better prepared so that we can help that that group of people or that those individuals. Uh, so I think it's it's very important. I sometimes think about it as if when we go seek for help, medical help, right? Without the physician, the the medical staff knowing what our symptoms are, or what what we are, what what our what our discomfort is, then it might be hard for them to pinpoint what solution, what treatment, what diagnosis, and all of that so that it can help us. So in a similar way, I think coaching and, and teaching, we need to know who our audience is, a little bit of what they, who they are, what they know, so that we're able to guide them and, and take them to, to a, a place where they can take that new information, that new skill, and start practicing and start you know, discussing it and start applying it in their in their role. And it Sorry, might quick. That was a short. That was a little long. <laughs> no, that was great because my guess is they're going to be more invested in trying, and they're more open to making some adjustments because they're involved in that learning and and being active. Absolutely. Something else I heard recently is rather than giving someone the fish for their meal, can we teach them to fish? Yeah. Right? So so I think that's that goes along that way there, that if someone is able to learn how they go about it and then get some coaching, mentoring to refine that, I think they they can self-taught self-continue in in that journey so okay and i have one more question because i know we're we this is probably going to be in a two-part podcast my guess is Um, you you said a little bit ago you you help the kids for example with your nephew's team zero nine you you build that resiliency and 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 development is 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 the focus we have some parents who are struggling with that and they're very open. They're like, Hey, I don't even know how to keep my mouth stapled, like shut. I don't know what to, I don't know how to do that. How did you manage those parents? How did you help them deal with those losses? Cause those are, those are losses for them too. And they have a tough time. And I'm wondering what magic did you use to, to really get them to become more resilient and support their kids development and, 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 put the focus back on them. A lot of pride. Yes, no, very good question. And I haven't said it, but so at the beginning of the season, whenever we first were given the team 
and obviously my nephew had to be in it <laughs> but but back then the league would would separate the players that register for that year and create the teams and all of that so right there and then the the information to the parents from myself at that point because my brothers had not joined yet was this this season we will it will be about learning how to play learning to have fun so letting them know the expectation letting them know the goal and obviously a little bit before that before you accept any coaching you know uh, endeavor or adventure <clears throat> think about what your philosophy is going to be think about who are you going to be with who who's going to be there that you're going to support that you're going to help train that you're going to influence part of their lives and so upon reflecting on on that you know, I, I prepared myself for when that day came and i said to the parents as clear as as you can you know we're going to focus on this we're going to focus on practicing basic skills everybody's going to play about 50 percent as much as possible and so most of them bought into that i think there might have been one or two that again we're we're way ahead of 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 their of the plate of the present where they thought their son or daughter was supposed to be in the national team and so on and so forth but i think because of the majority of because of the rest where were involved and bought in to this philosophy then the other sort of okay were peer pressured in perhaps or maybe they adjusted on their own so i think that was useful that was very useful the other part that i think contributed was that in practices when parents came and stayed because some of them just dropped off the kids and 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 others stayed asking them if they wanted to volunteer to gather the balls to get the bibs and so on get getting them involved i think also made them you know feel more as part of the team not just the parent uh and so I, if i had to go back and do it all over again i would add that i would involve my parents the parents of the teams of the players into coming up with chants bringing noisemakers like made of home and stuff like that to make that sideline more entertaining for them but also for everybody else where and also telling them that not to be distracted into their kids so because it might get out of hand but i think right. that would have been a lot of fun if i if we could have had parents cheering creating their own noisemaker noisemakers their own flags their own chants and and who knows maybe there would have been some sort of best chant of the season or something award for for a team or for parents but uh, so so yeah that's that's what i that's what i think help uh, with getting involved and i think it it's helping me for whenever my children are going to play have some ideas make some connections with other parents you know maybe bring some parents to to a different from a different state of frustration or anger to more calm collected with with the rest of us just like i did with my brother when he got upset about incorrect referee decision or or who knows i've also thought that maybe in the future i'm just going to stand in a corner <laughs> because i don't want to be a part of <laughs> the disruption right. by by the parents i don't know but uh, but yeah so that was a, a bit of a long answer to your question but 
that's what helped us back then. <laughs> that was a perfect answer. And and I'm sitting here and I'm just thinking to myself, I because I do some semi pro games as well. And there was this one there's this one team. And <clears throat> I think I, I refed several of their games and out of them, I think they won once. Maybe twice. I, I I'm gonna give them twice. And to your point, their their fans, and it wouldn't be like a hundred, it would be like maybe twenty you know, 15, 20, they, they made these flags and they just had these chants. And even when they got scored on, they would just sing and da, 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 and just kind of, and I'm just, and I remember the first game I was like, but you guys got scored on, you guys are losing. And they would just be excited. And at the end, they were just happy to, to be there and to support their team. Like that is their team win or lose. And it threw everybody off because we thought they won. But, they, <laughs> but, they, but it was, I have to tell you, one of, when I ref their games, it is one of the, the just funnest, if that's a word. It was, it's the, one of the funnest games because they have these different chants and they're just excited. They're just excited to see their team play. And when you said that, I just, I just remembered that. And it, it's a wonderful game to be at, even if they don't win. It, they just make it fun. It feels like a real, like, professional game, so. Yes, like great. I'm glad that someone is doing it out there, so that's great. Yeah, so I think we're probably winded up at this point. And, Pedro, you had mentioned that there were a few uh, exciting events coming up for U.S. soccer in the, the near future. You wanted to run off and mention a few of those? Yes, yes, for sure. For those of your listeners that are soccer fans, and even if you're not, uh, a soccer fan, but would be interested. The, this next few years in the U.S., there's you know world world international uh, events coming up. So we have in 2024 Copa America, which is a soccer tournament. International national teams competing primarily South America. Their tenth anniversary, their hundredth anniversary. Excuse me was held in the U.S. a few years back. So now they're returning with this cup here in the U.S. In addition, CONCACAF, which is the Confederation, North America, Caribbean, it's also in the Women's Gold Cup. Traditionally, it had been Men's Gold Cup only. Now it's the Women's CONCACAF Gold Cup. In 2025, the FIFA Club World Cup will also be in town and then of course the major event for united states canada mexico in the coming years 2026 specifically the fifa men's world cup so that's a super exciting event and then in 2027 there's a possibility of the women's fifa world cup being hosted in the u.s and mexico the following year in 2027 and i believe in addition to that 2028 Olympics in LA. So, right. yeah. which is not soccer, but it's more sports, you know, more globally. Yeah. So, again, exciting times for sports, soccer in the next few years here. This is yeah, exciting stuff. Well, we really appreciate you joining us today and some just very insightful information and a great point of view. And love having you on and, and everything you have to offer. Really appreciate your time. 
Likewise, thank you so much to both of you, to your listeners. And I just want to say to, to your listeners, wherever you're at, athlete, parent, coach, you keep on doing what you're doing. You are perfect what you are. Keep on growing. Keep on seeking resources to get better, to help yourself, to help those around you. Because I think that's what sports is about, bringing people together, uniting people. Whether we win or lose, we do it together. We get better together. And so I wish everyone all the best. Good luck and keep on moving forward. In Spanish, para adelante or palante, keep going. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Pedro. I know you're super busy, so my heart is just full that you stayed and came out with us today. I really enjoyed it too. If, if there's a part two, let me know. <laughs> there will be two parts. We're going to break this up into two parts, Pedro. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much to both of you. 